Sometimes I don't know how we lived life without technology. When I was a kid, we just had one computer in like the living room, you know, and it had dial-up internet, and you'd have to sit there and like, wah, 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 and turn. It's like, now it's like if my phone doesn't go faster, I'm like, what the heck's wrong with this thing? I need, need a new one, you know. We just live in a different different age, I guess. Or internet's too slow. You can't like stream Netflix, and you're like really mad at it. It's like back in the day, man, you couldn't stream anything, so. Um, 56K Yeah. I'm sure Kevin was working on those. It was all about those. So tonight, um, <clears throat> we, uh, we are going to be sharing just a little bit of um, kind of what God is saying to us as a church for 2018. And so we're going to take a little bit of a smidge of time at the beginning just to talk about financials from last year, which we always do. Um, I guess it's considered kind of your annual business meeting. Um, this isn't a business meeting. It's more, more like we're going to spend 60 seconds talking about uh, our financials and the rest of the time talking about what God is up to in us uh, as a church and where I think he's leading us and taking us. Um, but uh, if you do have any questions about the financials, I, I know them inside and out. I look at them every month, and um, I'd love to answer any questions you might have or show you any pieces of paper or documents and stuff. And so... Right now, just as an FYI, our financials are still run through New Hope, and so um, they have a bookkeeper on staff who's been there for, I don't know, a million years, and uh, and we work hand-in-hand hand on all those things, and then we have church, New Hope's Church Council, which is uh, made up of five guys, um, solid guys, help us make our financial decisions. Um, there will be a day um, that we will be on our own, and we'll have our own church council, and we'll have our own set of bookkeepers and books and things like that, but for this season of our church, We've been graciously covered by New Hope. And so um, you can throw up that slide. I don't have it on my notes, but I'll walk it through um, real quick. So last year, um, we had a total giving of $27,137. Um, breaks out to $2,218 a month. Um, our end of the year total was $36,811. And we had an increase of 10% in our giving from last year, roughly. And we gave 8% of our um total income to missions. Our goal was 15%. We're going to talk a little bit about that tonight, um, but those are kind of our basic financials um, for last year. And uh, any initial questions about that? I didn't put how much we spent, but it wasn't a ton of money, um, and most of it was for things that we're doing in the community. Um, but yeah, just we're really solid financially, um, have some opportunities to make some investments. Um, as a church, and uh, just as a FYI, as a Foursquare church, we do uh, the first 10% that comes in every month goes to our um, movement, our denomination, and then they kind of redisseminate that out. They help church plants, they give them funding in their initial stages, like us. Um, they 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 help people, you know, with like the building of community centers. They give out like grants and things like that to churches that are doing really cool things. Um, and then some of that money they end up sending back to the local church, um, which is super cool. And then obviously there's like administrative staff for people to have retirement accounts and that kind of stuff, which is above my pay grade. But that is part of what we give. We tithe off of our tithes to Foursquare. And then after that, the other 90% is up to us to steward um, the way that God leads us to. And so those are our basic financials. I think that's probably all I need to say about that. If you have more questions, you can talk to me afterwards. But um, I was just thinking this week um, as we 
talk tonight about what I'm going to call being on the cusp, um, about how awesome it really is to live in this beautifully flawed, yet personally authentic community, right? I mean, we're all flawed individuals. We're not perfect. None of us by any means think that we've achieved um, perfection, as Paul might say. Um, but there's something really amazing about us sticking together. And I, I just think of the last couple of years about Mosaic, and I think about the word that came to my mind as I was talking to Cassie this week was tenacity, right? I just think that we're a really tenacious church. Like, we're that, like, kid on the playground who gets beat up, and then he gets back up again, right? Or, you know, I, I always think of basketball analogies. That kid who's, like, always on the floor, scrapping for every loose ball. You know, he's, his elbows are bloody, and he's got bruises all over his arms and legs. But he's not going to stop diving for that ball. We are that kid, right? We are that church. We are tenacious church. Um, and honestly, I couldn't be more excited about our culture, our direction, and our movement. Um, in Christ um, in 2018. I just, I really am super pumped. Everybody I talked to um, had dinner with some folks this week that aren't a part of Mosaic and just was like, Cassie can tell you I was just all about, okay, man, God's really doing this over here and there's just some really cool things happening and just really feel like everything's kind of coming together. And um, and, and honestly, um, 2017 for most of us was kind of a year from hell, right? Let's just be honest. It was, it was kind of sucky. Um, we had every right to close the doors of our hearts and to throw in the towel regarding community and faith, right? We had every right to just kind of, you know, I mean, for lack of a better way, flip God the bird and move on our day, right? I mean, that's the truth. I mean, if we're going to be honest about it. Um, but, and the things that we experienced, uh, many of us, were exceedingly hard to face and honestly completely impossible to understand. Right, and I think that many of us are still trying to work through God. Why does the why do these things happen? You know, why do you allow these things to happen? And I don't know that we're ever going to come to the end of that question, right? But in the midst of this grief and pain and disappointment, our church has been rich with love and deep with compassion. Um, it's just I can't even um, count the number of times that we've gotten text messages or. People have came and give us a hug on a Saturday. And I think we all feel that way when we're going through things. We feel like this is a safe space, right? There's a deep love here. And I think in spite of our pain, this Holy Spirit tenacity that only God can supply has driven us to reach the end of ourselves and only there find the endlessness of our Jesus, right? I think that's what it takes in life is to come the end of my understanding, the end of my ability, the end of my resource, the end of my bank account, the end of my energy, right? Sometimes we have to get to that place to realize the endlessness of my God, right? That he is vast and there is no end in sight to, to his greatness. And I think this resoluteness of to love, to learn, to lead, and to launch, even in the midst of a painful season of life, Shows that we're a pretty scrappy bunch, right? We're pretty, we're like uh, um, Sandlot, right? Those kids were never the best at everything or anything, right? But they were a scrappy bunch, right? And I, I'm proud to be a part of a scrappy bunch. I don't want to be a part of a church with the most talented or the most amazing. You guys are all talented and amazing. Um, but I've never, like, wanted to be at, like, the coolest, hippest, funnest, like, greatest, cutting-edgest place. I want to be with a bunch of people who are screwed up just like me 
and who just love Jesus and want to fight for what's right, right? I want to be a part of a scrappy group. And I think this leads us to 2018. I sense the Spirit of God um, filling our hearts with optimism and hope this year. This is not a hope that our lives or our city or our world will suddenly be perfect. But instead, that in the midst of our imperfect creation, that our Lord has our community on the cusp of something amazing. Right? It doesn't mean that everything's going to go right this year. It doesn't mean that you know, we put our quarter in the machine and we turn the little knob and we get out what we want. That isn't how life works. Right? But that in the midst of the imperfect nature of our world, that God is up to something in us. I think that the, the possibilities for us are really endless. And, and if you ask me, Tyler, what do you think this, what do you think God's going to do? What do you think, what, what do you think's next? I'd tell you, I don't know. I mean, honestly, I don't have like this 12-step plan for us to be this or that or go here or there. And there are definitely some things that God has placed on my heart. But I think that that's the fun part about it, right? Isn't the fun part about following Jesus is that you never quite know what's coming next? right? Doesn't it keep us like on our toes? I mean, we know that he's going to love us. We can rest in the reality that he is good to us. We can rest in worship. We can be with God. We can know that we're secure with God, right? We can have this foundation of security with God, but also have the realization that like this whole thing is pretty cool because like whatever I think God's going to do, God's going to do something cooler than that, like greater than that, bigger than that, right? And maybe that makes us feel a little bit uneasy, but it gets me a little bit excited. Um, Because I think that God is in the business of leading his people into greater levels of greatness, right? Leading us into, not for our own sake, so that we can have big heads, or so that we can have what this, you know, whatever it means to have a successful ministry. Like, I don't even know what that means, but that we can can be more reflections of who God is, right? That he can bring us into greater reflection of, of being symbols of, of Christ in our world, right? And so when I think of this, I think of Moses, and I, I'm probably going to talk about Moses way too much in this season, but I always think of him because he was this peasant boy plucked out of the Nile, destined for death, yet selected by the Lord to lead a nation out of Israel, lead the nation of Israel out of bondage and into the promised land. And so from his brokenness and weakness, God guided him to do something humanly impossible, right? but divinely incredible. And so I just, I think of like, I can put myself in Moses' shoes. I can put myself in that, like, you know, that, that I don't have all these skills. And he used to say, you know, he would say that he didn't even have the right words to say. He needed somebody to come alongside him and speak for him, right? I can, I can handle that, right? Somebody who has weakness in that way. But that he would lead millions of people into this, like, I mean, right on the cusp of the promised land. I mean, if there was one mistake he made and it could have, could have gone in himself. But just... Like, that he could even lead them out of bondage. And so, um, and, and it makes me think also just about this thing that we've said since the beginning of this, this whole two-year journey that we've been on, is that the size of our impact is not dependent upon the size of our church, right? I'm going to say that again. The size of our impact is not dependent upon the size of our church, right? And so, I believe that a church of 20 people can make a pretty darn big impact in our city and in our world. Because this whole thing, believe it or not, launched with seven of us in this living room and has grown into a vibrant community of hungry folks ready to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit wherever it may take us, right? We had humble beginnings. And I don't know every piece of the puzzle for Mosaic in 2018 and beyond, but I do know that the Lord has big plans for us. 
And I do know that in 2018, he spoke two words very clearly to me, not like in some audible voice, I'm not that cool. But just these impressions, that these keys that are going to be important for us to do, that are going to be a literal key that will unlock doors for Mosaic in this, in this year. Not just for us as a, as a church, but for us as individuals. I believe that this is for us. And the first of those things is worship. I believe that God is calling us to worship. So Psalm 100 verses 1 through 5 says, shout with, uh, shout with joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him singing with joy. Acknowledge that the Lord is, is God. He made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever and his faithfulness continues to each generation. In 2018, I encourage us to be a people who worship, not just with music, but with our lives. Worship is simply saying, believing and living, that the reality is that he is God and that we belong to him, right? To me, worship is rest. Worship is stopping our striving to make something happen for ourselves and realize that God is the one who opens the doors for our lives. Mm. Worship is the reality that he is God and that we are not, right? And so I, I think that we can rest in the greatness of our God in worship. And worship to me is going to be us creating space to sit with God on a daily basis and listen for his voice, right? To be silent with God. Worship is going to be consistently dwelling with in community, right? Like in these settings where we realize that there's no possible way for me to come up with all the answers. And that maybe, maybe just maybe that God sent these people around me to help me walk through life, right? That they might have something that they're going to offer me that I couldn't offer myself, right? That is worship. Worship is working hard, caring about people more than tasks and living honestly, right? That we, when we have a chance to cut a corner or you know, kind of do something in a gray area, we, we decide we're not going to do that, right? We're going to do things the right way. We're going to follow through. And to me, we are ultimately in worship called to seek the Lord above all else, right? To put him first, to put him in its first place. Maybe that for you means that that's first place in your day. Maybe that means you wake up in the morning and you open your Bible and you spend time with God or you sit in, in, with music or you sit quietly, right? But that we need to put God first above all. And this is one key that I believe will unlock God's big plans for us this year. And this is going to be expressed in a couple different ways for us as, as a church. Um, we're going to be spending a little bit more time on Saturdays singing together, right? We're going to do, typically we do a couple songs and we may be three or three and a half or maybe even four. I know we're going to stretch it a little bit, but we're going to spend a little bit more time this year in music and also in other forms of worship. Um, you know, we've had times where we've turned to our neighbors and talked about what we were thankful for that week. That's worship, right? We've had moments where um, we were down in the basement, we're praying for each other. That is worship, right? Lifting our things to God. And so we're going to spend a little bit more time on our Saturdays doing that. We're going to provide um, two sets of small groups this year, one of which is not starting this week, but the week after that where we're going to be in community with each other, right? We're going to be growing with one another. We're going to be growing with God. We're going to be encouraging one another, right? That is worship, right? To be with one another. We're going to do one in the spring for 10 weeks, and we're going to do one in the fall for 10 weeks, which I think is going to help us grow exponentially. 
And we're going to be putting together nights of worship with regularity. We had one last night, and I, th- I thought everybody I talked to thought it was pretty awesome. Just spending time stripping it all away, laying all of our stuff aside, and just being with Jesus. Right? It was pretty incredible. And so we're going to have those um, with regularity um, just to um, teach ourselves, train ourselves to be better worshipers. Right? And it's not this like checklist or this star by each day kind of thing, but just doing things that we know are good for us so that we learn good habits, right? good disciplines in life. And so we want to create more and more spaces to be present with a Jesus that deserves our praise and who offers us his voice. Right? I believe that he wants to speak to us. That's number one. Number two, um, I'm believing that God is calling us to live generously. Um, Matthew 6, 19 through 21 says, Do not store up your treasure here on earth, where moths eat them and rust destroys them, and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy, and thieves do not break in and steal. Where your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. This is a pretty common scripture I'm sure many of you have heard before, but this is not a message on tithing. Um, To be honest, I, I don't really care about your money, nor does God. Um, I mean, he does care about your money, but I think he cares more about our hearts than he cares about our wallets. Because where our heart is, there our wallet goes, right? Where our heart is, there our time goes. Where our heart is, there our energy goes, right? And so he is a God who cares about our money, but it's a byproduct of where our heart is. And so he cares about what we value. He cares about what we worship. Um, The reality is, is that our money and all of our treasures of this life, they don't belong to us. They were loaned to us, right? They came from someplace else. They really belong to God, right? Even our cash, our houses, our cars, and and even the people in our lives, they don't belong to us. They belong to God, right? And so he gave them to us, not just for our own pleasure, as much as I like having money in my bank account or being able to go to the taco truck and buy myself a burrito with my $7, right? I love that as much as everybody else. But they're not just for our own pleasure, but for the movement of his gospel, right? He's given us these things for a greater purpose, right? I think of, when I think of uh, generosity, I think of uh, the show Parks and Recreation. There's this guy named Ron Swanson, and he talks about having all of his money in gold. And he talks about burying it all over in his property, right? And all these spots that no one knows about, right? And that's when I think of like storing your stuff where like, moths and rust can destroy. I think of Ron Swanson burying gold in his backyard, right? Because like, what is the point of our lives if we have our whole backyard full of gold, but we haven't really accomplished anything, right? And so I love how um, Eugene Peterson says it in the message in, in Proverbs uh, eleven twenty four. He says, the world of the generous gets larger and larger and the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. This year, I want to see our world get larger right, as individuals. And so in 2017, we set a goal as a church to give away 15% of our income in missions and community building work in our city and in our world, right? Um, We began to support George Klein monthly, which he's going to be with us in May again, which is awesome. We hosted a huge Halloween house party at our house where we had, I don't know how many, three, 400 people come through. We blessed 50 plus teachers and staff at Eldorado Elementary. And we planned on taking our very first mission trip abroad, right, in 2017. That was our goal. And in the end, we ended up giving away 8%, which wasn't what we shot for. But it really isn't that bad, right? It's not too shabby to give away 8%. And so in 2018, as a church, we've set a goal to give away 15% of our income again, 
plus the 7% we didn't give away last year. That roughly works out to be $6,000 this year that we wanna give away in missions and community building things. Um, we're looking to, our, our leadership team is looking into giving support to um, city community organizations and upping our global mission support as well. And so that's one thing that we're gonna be bringing to the council, the church council here uh, next time we meet, that we would be upping what we give to George Klein and also potentially supporting some people in our, in our city. And we also hope to, um, we are planning in June um, to take six to eight of us on our very first mission trip to Puerto Rico. So we have in the works, um, working with George over the last several months, we just confirmed uh, a couple weeks ago, our dates to go uh, June 13th through the 20th to Puerto Rico. Um, and we hope that our church would uh, pledge a significant amount to take a team over there, that we would seek to uh, encourage the local church to help rebuild infrastructure um, and also just to pour into people's lives. And I'm not a one and done mission person. So I'm not like we're gonna go on a mission trip and then next year we're gonna go to a different place and then next year we're gonna go to a different place. We want this to be a long-term relationship that we build with the island of Puerto Rico. And so um, building long-term relationship and maybe they'll come visit us. Maybe they'll come over and spend a weekend or a week in Stockton with us and we'll show them what God is doing here. Um, and so we're really excited about that. Um, but generosity to me is more than just giving away from Mosaic's coffers, right? We, we have okay coffers, um, but it's more than that. Generosity is a lifestyle, realizing that God has blessed us so that we can be a blessing to others. Um, I hope that throughout our year that we will look for ways to give extravagantly to whatever God is up to, both personally and as a church, right? To give away. I pray that we would be a people who worship the Lord and give generously to those in 2018, believing that Jesus will meet us in our obedience to his words for us, right? I believe that if we do these things, we would be being obedient to God, and I believe that that's going to be a key that will unlock doors for us to have opportunity, for us to have growth, for us to see the things that we've been praying for, for us to see people come to know Christ, for us to see more people be baptized in water, to see um, opportunities in our city that we didn't even know were there, right? Relationships begin to form, organizations that we can begin to support, right? Missions of work that we can begin to do. Um, and this isn't even all that we're up to, right? We're going to have our very first water baptism in our backyard. Who even thought that was possible two years ago? That we could bring a tank in the backyard and fill it up, and we could do that in the middle of February, right? Um, we're still serving with Restore once a month that come to the table, and they're pumped about it. We were last, there uh, last weekend, and Odin, the big guy who cooks food, he was like, you guys are incredible. You guys have come every month for like the last year, and it's so amazing. He was so pumped that we've been supporting and, and being a part of that. Um, we're looking with Through Brook to serve at stock market, right? To build new relationships right downtown, to just lend a hand, not, if, not so that Mosaic gets its name out there, but so that we just meet people and love people, right? We're hoping to have barbecues and movie nights to meet folks in our neighborhood. We're believing that God will allow us to see mi first of many uh, conversion stories through the work of Mosaic. Right? Not just on Saturdays, but as we're at work, or we're at the grocery store, or we're at stock market, or wherever we might be, that we're going to see people coming to know Christ. And honestly, like I said, I don't know what 2018 holds completely, and so we're up for whatever other ideas that God throws at us. Right? You ever realize that? That sometimes God throws you curveballs? It doesn't always go right exactly how you think it's going to go. Um, 
But to me, that's fun. Like, God, what do you have next? Let's do that. Um, because we are tenacious people who I think are on the cusp of something incredible. And I'm not just saying that. I'm not a hype guy. I've been to a lot of places where there's a lot of hype guys. I'm not that guy who's like, yeah, let's get pumped. Let's get excited. Like, I'm not that guy. I really, I can only do that if I'm like actually excited about something. I won't hype you. I promise. That's one of my promises to you. I won't hype you on something I don't believe in. Um, I don't, I don't believe in that. There's no point in that. There's no time for that, right? None of us have time to hype things that we don't care about, right? We all like have jobs and go to work and pay our bills and like we do things for Jesus in that like extra time that we have in life because we believe in it and we care about it, right? Not because we want to hype it or we want to just do one more thing, right? I can feel this in my bones, literally. Um, and two years into this thing, I'm more optimistic and excited than ever for what Jesus is doing through us as a people. And I think that that's the general sentiment that I'm getting from folks having conversations. And so I'm going to be quiet now and I'm going to pray for us. And then we're going to have baptisms in the backyard. And it's going to be really cool. So I'm going to turn on the outside heater. And we, Cindy, will roll you all the way back as far as we can to the back door so that you can sit in a chair and watch also because I don't want you to miss out. So. Jesus, we're so thankful for you. We're so thankful for what you're doing in our midst. Um, we are so... Um, God, I'm so glad that it doesn't rely on us. That all of these things that you're calling us to do and be a part of and serve and give and worship and um, all of these things, that it doesn't... That we don't have to make it happen. God, that is your spirit that has to make it happen. And we're so thankful for this tenacity that you've built in us, God. And we're not under any impression that 2018 is going to be perfect or that it's going to be devoid of pain or suffering or disappointment or just the things that life throws at us. God, but instead that we know that you are going to move in the midst of that um, and that, God, you're going to use us as a church um, individually and corporately, God, to um, plant seeds in our city, to, to see things grow, God, to take the gospel and to take your love, God, to Puerto Rico. How incredible that is, God, that we get to be a part of that. God, we're just praying for fruit this year, abundant fruit, Lord, that would remain um, through our lives, God. And we pray that you would throw us some pretty incredible curveballs this year, Lord, that would be way more amazing than any idea that we could come up with. It would be something so um, cool that we would say, man, my brain literally is not smart enough to come up with that. And God, we're just... Uh, we're just in anticipation of what you're going to do through our lives. And uh, we pray for those, God, that aren't here with us this evening. And we just pray that you would bless them and take care of them and, and just encourage them this week as well. In Jesus' name, amen. All right.